TSCRA Talk, a podcast by Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. I'm your host, Kristen Brown. Joining me today is Jim Bradbury to discuss LLCs and choosing the right entity for your ranching operation. Jim, welcome to TSCRA Talk. Thanks for being with us today. Nice to be with you. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, now, today we're going to discuss an LLC and also other business entities. What would be a good fit for ranchers? So let's just dive right in. And a really basic question, what is an LLC? Yeah, good question. You know, I hear a lot of landowners and throw that term out, but I'm not sure all of them exactly know what it is. What that stands for is a limited liability company. It's been around for years, but in terms of all of the entities that we've seen over the years, it's a reasonably new one. But it has become very, very popular for several reasons. Namely, uh, it's fairly easy to use. Well, great. And talk to us about what are the advantages, what are the benefits to a rancher with utilizing an LLC, setting up an LLC? Yeah, the big benefit, which is when we work producers and advise people, is you need an entity, absolutely, for one name, and that is liability protection. Because if you have an operation and you don't have an entity of some sort, your personal assets are exposed in the event that something happens. So everyone needs an entity. Specific to the LLC, its strongest advantage is it's reasonably easy to use. The old style was to have a formal corporation, and there was a lot of bookkeeping, a lot of paperwork, minutes that had to be kept, really formal type things that most independent businessmen are not and women are not uh, accustomed to doing. The LLC, once you set it up, it is pretty straightforward, one, two, three people can operate it. It doesn't have a lot of really strict, complicated regulations associated with it. So it's user-friendly. Well, that's helpful to know. And on the flip side, let's talk about some of the disadvantages. Are there any disadvantages to having an LLC? Well, I don't know that there are disadvantages compared to other entities, but I mean, in reality, it is an entity. And from time to time, small businesses, they, I don't know, get on the laptop and go to corporate Zoom or something and and form an entity online and think that's all they need to do. But in reality, any entity that you form, you really need to take it seriously. And that means, number one, reading the paperwork. And number two, being regimented about having an annual meeting with your other members. If you have more than one member in that LLC, preparing some minutes. You don't have to be real legalistic, but you have a meeting, you need to document in writing and keep a three-ring binder or other book to document what the minutes of the entity. So I don't view it as a disadvantage, but lots and lots of producers are busy and they view this as an overly legal, cumbersome thing, and then they tend to ignore it. And that's where if you have more than one member or partner or otherwise in an LLC, that's where trouble can develop. If y'all are not documenting what it is that you're doing and not having regular meetings, well, then trouble can, can pop up. Sure, sure. Talk to us a little bit about the tax side of things, if that's something that you'd want to comment on. Any changes there? I mean, we don't practice tax law, so we don't have a lot of depth and comment on that. I do I'll use that as an opportunity, I mean, to always involve your CPA in these decisions because when we form entities for clients, we can get all the paperwork done and help them enter into the operating agreement, but we always tell them to bring their tax advisor into the conversation because some of these LLCs can just be taxed as a sole proprietorship. 
and how they're taxed is a decision that you really want to have your CPA advisor on. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Right quick, let's talk a little bit about other business structures, other options that ranchers could and should consider when wanting to formally set up their business structure. Just the LLC is the easiest and the most straightforward, but there are plenty of others. I mean, you can form a, a small corporation, which is years and years ago, that's what everybody did, that has shares, and it's a little more involved, a little more paperwork, but certainly that's an option. Limited partnership is an option. That would be, in my view, for a structure where you've got multiple owners and some of whom want to be limited partners and not involved in the management, say like investors. That'd be a structure that you could use. There are others. I mean, you can have a partnership, which many are, which really means one or more people who are involved in the business, but we really don't recommend that. The LLC is far superior to a partnership. Those are two or three of the main ones that people could consider. Well, that's helpful to know. Talk to us about other business structure options that ranchers should consider. Sure. Aside from the LLC, a rancher could select a simple corporation, which is years ago before the LLC came online and became so popular. That's what most folks did. Form a corporation with the Secretary of State, and you have shares, depending on how many shareholders you have. It's a little more cumbersome from a paperwork standpoint, but still a valid entity and a valid way of doing it. And there are folks that still form those. A limited partnership is an entity structure that in some situations we see, that tends to apply where you have a variety of investors, say those who are not going to be involved in the management but want to contribute capital to the entity. So you have limited partners and then a general partner operates it. And then, of course, you have a general partnership, which years and years ago, that's what many operations were, which is just one or more people who were engaged in a profit-making function. But we don't really recommend the general partnership. The LLC is far more protective from a liability standpoint. But those are three pretty common entity structures that you see out there. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And it's probably one of those things that working with a knowledgeable attorney they can help guide you in what is going to be the best fit for your operation. Yeah, and I would say, I guess, to your listeners, that many times people are resistant to going in town and getting a lawyer because they think, oh, my gosh, it's just going to be a ton of money and a ton of time. But for the amount of money that it takes to form an entity, the value in terms of asset protection that you get is more than worth it. It's just really something you need to force yourself to do. I would love to hear if you have any stories that you can share, examples of times when someone having the correct structure saved the day for them, or on the flip side, when somebody really should have had it and they didn't have their business taken care of yet. Yeah, a couple of real examples, not using any names, but when an LLC saved the day is when you have, let's say, an accident or some type of injury and I'm on the facility, and the LLC owns the ranch, owns the facility, well, hopefully there's insurance there, but sometimes there's not, then the claim is against the LLC. It's not against the individual who owns it. So you've got, that's where you see that layer of liability protection there. An example, when it wasn't there, when it's a real problem, is let's say you have a couple of owners in an entity, and the document that goes with an LLC is called an operating agreement, and 
What you always want to have in an operating agreement are paragraphs that determine when one of the owners can buy the other out and on what terms. It happens. Things change. Partnerships go south. I've seen many clients come in where they're already in a dispute. The entities form, but there's absolutely no agreement as to how we're going to resolve this. Inevitably, that turns into, you know, shouting match or litigation. So forming the entity is just the first step. Then you want to prepare an operating agreement, which is, in essence, the rules in which the owners are going to want to deal with one another. And that last situation happens again and again. Um, where they form the entity and think everything's going to work out. It doesn't work out, and you're going to have a limited war. You want to have some rules and process to go to. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Well, and it sounds like it doesn't matter the size of the operation because because I think there might be a perception that, oh, this is just for people of a certain size, ranchers of a certain size. But it, it sounds like even if you just lease land, it's really important to have some kind of legal structure set up. Absolutely. I mean, even if you're just grass leasing um, some, some country and have, you know, 50 head that you're feeding, that entity needs to be in an LLC. I mean, if you're engaging in any type of business transaction, you need to have some entity protection there in terms of potential liability. But likewise, it puts a producer in a focus of, hey, I'm, run, I'm running a business here, and this is the LLC. I own the LLC, but I'm going to contract through the LLC. I'm going to set up a bank account through the LLC. It you know, puts some needed structure around a business operation. Sure. So let's go into the details. What would you recommend for individuals considering an LLC in that what are the first steps? What should they expect when they go to meet with an attorney? What do they need to have ready? That type of thing. Before you go, you know, just grab a, a pad or a sheet of paper before you go in there and, and write out some notes. First off, list off who are the proposed owners. I mean, in LLCs, we call them members, but they're the owners. Write out who, who are going to be the owners and what percentages. Maybe that's not decided. List out the assets. Thanks for what do we own? You have vehicles, you have animals, how many, you have contracts, property. Go ahead and list all of those things out. That's going to be helpful to the lawyer that the, the person is consulting. And it's going to save time. I mean, people really do worry about, you know, how much we lawyers cost. And that's for a good reason. But the more you do ahead of time, the lower that cost is going to be. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's helpful to know. And sometimes I think it can feel a little daunting. Like you had said earlier, it seems like a big, a big thing to make it to town, set up the appointment, get all the things together. But that sounds very doable. It is. I mean, it's one of, I've been a lawyer a long time and it's one of the, the hardest parts about being a lawyer and, and seeing is that people really are intimidated about coming into a lawyer's office. There's a problem with stigma with it or people always think, well, I don't, I'm not going to a lawyer because it's going to cost me a lot of money or I feel like I'm kind of in trouble if I have to go to a lawyer. But, in reality, I mean, we're service providers. We're there to help our clients. And if you're concerned about the expense, I'd be up front and let the lawyer know, look, I'm, I really do want to do what right for my entity, but I'm very cost conscious. Can you tell me pretty directly what this is going to cost? And, and good lawyers are always going to do that. They'll tell you what the filing fees are. And for an entity formation, it tends to be a flat fee. So... Don't be apprehensive and not ask questions. I really um, encourage people to call a lawyer on the phone and say what I'm thinking about. Well, that's wonderful to know. And and 
another thought that comes to mind, because you said a good lawyer will be upfront with those costs. Do you have any suggestions on how to find, you know, how do you find a good lawyer and someone who understands ranching and agriculture? A good question. I mean, my first answer is do not use the back of the phone book as your guide to, to hiring a lawyer. First thing I would do is ask around. I know all of us like to keep our business personal, but ask others that you may know or in the industry if they've used somebody, then there are other resources too. We, you know, there's a loose connection. Those of us who practice agriculture law in the state, we all kind of know each other from East Texas to Panhandle to South Texas. And so, you know, reaching out to you know one of us or somebody in a law firm and say, I live in this county. Can you suggest somebody that's reasonably close? Use a referral network. If there's one town where you're at and there are five lawyers in that town, you know, I suggest calling a couple of them and say, do you, you know, do you practice in land, real estate or entity formation? And, you know, they're not going to charge you for a brief call over the phone and see who you feel a little better talking to and then go, go talk to that lawyer. Perfect. That's very helpful to know. Utilizing an LLC to transfer assets to the next generation. Talk about that. Is that something that a lot of cattlemen and ranchers utilize that they, sh- I shouldn't say should utilize, but could utilize? You can. I mean, an LLC, an entity is a tool in estate planning and succession planning. It's not alone going to do it. It's just one of the tools. And you're really, it's just a part of the overall estate planning and succession planning. In order to do that uh, properly, you're really going to want to find a lawyer who is trained and practices in the area of estate planning, wills, and estates. And those tend to be specialists. There are plenty of them in small towns. It's not like they're all big city. But you're going to want to put yourself in the hands of somebody who has that skill. And an LLC, for example, let's say you've got two or a couple who is 75 years old with an operation and three kids, you can begin to bring them into the LLC by starting them out as a small percentage member. Then each year, having them buy in or gifting them a percentage and raising their percentage interest in that LLC. But from an overall estate planning perspective, you're going to want more sophisticated documents than simply the LLC. Sure, that makes sense that it's one tool in the toolbox. Perfect. What other information would be important for ranchers to know that we have not covered yet? What other things come to mind? Well, I mean, I would encourage, I know no one wants to read things that are overly legalistic, but there are a lot of pretty good materials out there online about the need for an entity structure. There are a lot of papers that ag lawyers have done. And reading up a little bit, understanding the the real need for having an entity out there to protect you is important. And, you know, then, you know, steer clear of those uh, web-based internet form your own entity. I'm not a big fan of those, and I'm not trying to get work for lawyers, but those are just not a good a good option. We have clients that sometimes can come in and show us some paperwork that they got off the internet. And it's just, it's not good. It's not going to be specific to Texas and it's not helpful. But I think there's plenty of information that a person can read on it, get a little more comfortable, and then take that next step to reach out to a lawyer. Sure. That makes sense to save your time and, and use your time and money efficiently. Yeah. 
And last thing I'd point in, in, in the event that you don't have any other questions is, you know, is it, let's say you've got, you know, two or three owners, you know, before you go down to the lawyer's office and say, okay, build us an entity and make it all neat. Those three owners sit around a table, have a pot of coffee and talk about what are our goals here? You know, what kind of procedures do we want? What, you know, what is our long-term plan? And begin to, you know, walk through those steps before you get in the lawyer's office. Because lawyers are good at asking those questions, but you need to get a little advanced work on what are we thinking about? What are we going to be telling this lawyer when he asks us what our plans are? Sure. That makes sense. Again, saving time and money and being efficient. And it's always good to have a vision and be on the same page as your partners. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, Jim, thank you so much for your time today. And it was helpful to hear you talk through all of this. Yeah, I'm glad to join you. And I'm really, uh, I'm really pleased that you decided to pick up on this topic because it is a question that we get an awful lot out there talking to landowners. I'm glad you covered it. Wonderful. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to be part of one of our ranch gatherings and virtual Ranching 101. For a full list of ranch gathering locations, Ranching 101 topics, and more information about cattle raisers, visit tscra.org or email events at tscra.org.